Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the Armour Report. Thanks for being here. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. It's the Friday Week in Review. This is a new webcam and a new microphone, so I hope this is working. If not, I'll work on it later, try to come up with something better. Um, Thanks for being here. The Armour Report stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research And what that means to me and what we call that is quantumental investing. We take quantitative execution using computer systems, advanced learning for our execution purposes, and we couple that with a fundamental foundation. And that's the information edge we generate to manage our own capital. What I do on this show is I share that information with you. I've been doing this over 30 years. I'm just trying to impart to you some of the things I've learned. I want to put you on my shoulders so you can reach higher, learn from my mistakes, learn from the successes. Um, It's a live trading desk, okay? So I got computers around me. I'm in the midst of trades right now. Forgive me if I have to take a minute, take a call or whatever I have to do. You're getting a live look into a real trading desk. Today, we're going to cover a couple key topics. As always, the week in review, we go over market direction and where we're going from here. We're going to cover the Fed quantitative easing cycle that they're on. I call it a stealth cycle because not a lot of guys are talking about it, but the Fed's adding liquidity and an aggressive rate. We're going to discuss what that means for market direction and why they're doing it. And then, of course, we're going to get to the cannabis couch. This has been a very important week for the cannabis stocks. We're going to go over what the big news was at the start of the week, what what the big news was yesterday, and then, of course, We'll go to the charts to see what the reaction to the news is, because that's more important than all the other stuff. All right? So let's get to it. Don't forget, this is an educational show. I'm not telling you what stocks to buy or how to buy them, because I don't know you. Okay? So I'm sharing with you my experience, hoping you can learn from that. If you want more guidance, please go to the new website I've created, which is just for your purposes, called armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com. And you can become an Armor Insider, and we can get more in-depth about these issues on a one-on-one basis. So go take a look at that, see if you want to do it. Great. If not, glad you're here. Thanks for spending some time with me. It always helps me to air my thoughts, and so I appreciate you guys are here listening. Um, I'm going to start with this. I'm going to start with a rule that I want you guys to write down about investing. The big picture. Not day trading, not week-to-week swing trading. I'm talking about big picture directional moves in the market. There is only one thing you need to know to set up your portfolio correctly 
on a longer term basis. I'm looking at six to 12 months out. Um, okay. You said my other mic is better. Is that a little bit better there? Just adjusting the mic a little bit. Also, I'm a little under the weather, so you never know if that's the issue. Thanks for your um, thoughts there, JYH. Okay. Write this down, guys. Now, some of you don't know this, and so this will be new for you. Other, other uh, investors already know what I'm about to say, but it bears repeating because I think sometimes we get lost in the weeds on all the other noise out there. So here it comes. This is the piece of news. This is the, the number one rule you have to know when building your portfolio for a six to 12 month window, okay? If the Fed is adding liquidity, the stock market goes up. If the Fed is reducing liquidity, the stock market goes down. Write that down in big letters. Put it on top of your whiteboard. Don't ever forget it. Everything else is just noise that tries to get you off the bus of that bigger picture. Okay? Everything else is just noise. I don't care about Trump and China. I don't care about impeachments. Heck, I don't even care about earnings. For that bigger picture, none of it matters. If the Fed adds liquidity, the market goes higher. Okay? It's the only thing you have to know. So now, how do we use that information? If we know the Fed's adding liquidity and the market sells off for any of those ridiculous reasons, Trump, China, impeachment, whatever, anything you want to throw out there, then you look to buy, buy that weakness. Okay? If the Fed's reducing liquidity and there's market weakness, you don't run out there and buy the weakness. You defend your portfolio because you know the Fed's reducing liquidity. If you wish to debate this with me, I'm going to offer you one simple example that sums it up. Here it goes. You ready? If you follow me on Twitter, you would have seen this. I published it yesterday. In 2018, the Fed raised interest rates, which is another way of saying reduced liquidity, by 100 basis points. Global earnings per share was up 8%, right? So all these companies are doing well, 8% growth, but the Fed's reducing liquidity. Equities fell 11% in 2018. In 2019, the Fed reduces Interest rates, 75 basis points, which means they're adding liquidity. Global growth is a paltry 1%. Stock market's up 20%. Stock market's up 
Here endeth the lesson. Nothing else to say. Let's move on. Don't ever forget it. So let's move into what's happening right now with our algorithms on the big indexes and the Fed, because that's going to help us understand where we're going in the next six to 12 months. Okay. Those of you following us know that we have proprietary institutional strength algorithms designed for the top seven indexes that drive our risk management decisions. That's the S&P, the Dow, the small cap index, the NASDAQ 100, the IBD 50, the momentum index, and the value index. To us, that covers the whole spectrum. When we get confluence with our algorithms, when all indexes are telling us the same thing, that's when we get aggressive. We call it a green light on our risk monitor. You can find the risk monitor on our website, armorreport.com. Okay? Right now, we're on a yellow. We've been on a yellow for three months. We told you three months ago that it's acceptable to put money to work. We're buying big cap companies that pay fat dividends, but we're not grabbing with two hands. We're doing it a bit cautiously. We have a bit of cash on hand. Okay? That's still the case. Nothing's changed there. Market's gone higher right towards the end of the year. So the question is, why is the market levitating into the end of the year? And what will it do, let's say, in the first quarter of next year? Nobody knows for sure, but we can get some, some indication by looking at what the Fed's doing. Since mid-September, the Fed has injected $324 billion into the system to support the overnight lending market, the repo market. Now, I'm not going to get off into the weeds about repo right now. Those of you who have subscribed to the Free Armor Report got a report from me on Wednesday where I laid out for you what was happening in the repo market and why, on one hand, it concerns me. And it drives me to have an allocation to precious metals to protect my other investments. But on the other hand, it's a massive infusion of capital from the Fed. And so the market is levitating. This is not rocket science, guys. And believe me, the market's not up because Trump and China cut a phase one trade deal. The market's up because the Fed is jamming cash into the system. Now, if you didn't get this report, go to the armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com. You get, just click on the free copy. I'll get your email address and I'll send it out to you if you missed it this week. But I'm going to give you a little color on what I sent out. Let's take a look at this picture right here. Okay. All right. You guys see this? You don't need to see me right now. Just look at that right there. This is a schedule of what the Fed is doing to add liquidity between here and the middle of January. If you look all the way to the right, you'll see at least. So every week, at least 50 billion added, at least 35 billion added. Look at those numbers, guys. Okay? 
Look at those numbers. The Fed's injecting massive liquidity. Let's go to the other picture. This shows you how much the Fed added to calm the repo markets since mid-September. Right? Okay, over $324 billion and counting. And they just increased the number last week. Okay? So if you want to know why the stock market's up, you don't have to look any further than that figure. It's not because of earnings expectations. It's not because Trump signed a deal with China. It's because the Fed is pushing cash into the system. And the Fed has said they're going to do that all the way through March. So if we follow history, that means that there should be a yellow light all the way through March. Our algorithms aren't going to change that much. That's a guess. I'm not guaranteeing the market's going up. But I'm just saying if you follow the money, it's going to continue to flow through March. And then we don't know what happens after March. Now, our algorithms don't know anything about Fed liquidity. So if we get tripped out from stop loss standpoint and we start raising cash, it'll mean two things. One, the market's already priced in all that Fed liquidity through March, and it's not enough. Or two, there's something seriously wrong with the repo market. And equity participants and, and, and bond participants are getting concerned, and they're raising cash. And so we use our algorithms to help us understand the market's interpretation of Fed direction and liquidity. Okay. So far, so good. We're making money on all those names we bought three months ago. Now, I told you guys, you're, please follow me on Twitter because it'll help you keep up. You know, I talk to you two or three times a week on this show. But if you follow me on Twitter, I give you some ideas of where my head is. And I said early on as the market was rocketing this week, don't chase the market. You should already be making a killing if you're following. I mean, look, if you're picking up what I've been laying down, you're already fully invested and you're making a killing. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. There's days and weeks where if you're the if you're an investor who's made the right decisions at the right time, you could take a break. You don't have to eyeball every trade and every day. Go walk the beach. Go hit the ski slopes. Whatever makes you happy. And I think that's where we are right now. If we look at the algorithms of, of our indexes, and these are algorithms designed for the top, you know, um, uh, um, ETFs. If you go to armorreport.com, one thing you get access to is an Armor Insider are the four portfolios we've set up. Conservative, balanced, aggressive, and index only. There's four portfolios. And you can see what stocks are in each portfolio. And so you'll see we're carrying about 13.5% cash in the index only portfolio. And the rest is invested in these ETFs. You can literally run a whole portfolio just buying these ETFs using weakness to buy them and strength to let out some. Rising stops. You can easily do that. And that's why we set up a portfolio like that for you so you can see how it works. So there's been no change in those indexes. They're looking really good and they keep walking higher. And if you want a reason for it, I just offered it to you. And I offered it to you Wednesday through the Free Armor Report. The Fed is injecting massive cash. 
it concerns a part of me, right? There's a problem in the overnight lending market. And that's concerning. But to bet against the Fed has been proven incredibly wrong for a decade. Okay? So instead of interpreting the repo disturbance as a problem, as an equity investor, you interpret it as an opportunity because the Fed's just going to inject capital. This should lead to higher gold and silver prices. It should lead to higher metal prices. And that's kind of what the gist of that free armor report was on Wednesday. Okay, so I'm not going to go over it. If you want that report, again, just go to the website, armorreport.com, uh, sign up for the free copy, and I'll see it, and I'll send them out to you. Okay, let's move on to the cannabis couch, our favorite investment theme. Big news, right? I told you on Monday we had a new CEO for Canopy Growth. That new CEO is a game changer, but I told you on Monday, let's see where we are at the close Friday because that's what's important. I also said Monday that the MJ Biz Conference, which is the most important conference every year for these marijuana companies held out in Las Vegas, was this week. And instead of going over all the things that came out from that conference, what's more important is the reaction to the news. These stocks have been destroyed. They're trying to put in a bottom. What's the reaction to the news? Let's don't debate new CEO of Canopy Growth and do you like him or not. I don't care. Let's don't debate was the story good or not out of MJ Biz. I don't care. What's the reaction to the stocks? We have massive short positions. We have tax loss selling that's probably over in these stocks. And we have expectations incredibly depressed. So let's go take a look at the chart. Okay, you're now looking at a chart of MJ because that's what I like to focus on. We talked about this. Guys who are following me know this is the three bars up, consolidation, higher low. Now we're taking out the high of the last couple of days. One, two, three, four. This is day five. I'd like to see these stocks close on an up note. Okay, here's the leader. Canopy growth. I'd like to see it close above these highs here. What is that? 2160, something like that. Let's see it close higher. Okay. Okay. So let's don't waste too much time on it. Let's see where we are at the end of the day. What I do want to discuss just briefly is the news last night about Ontario. And I really, my first impression of this news, to me, was a little bit negative. And let me explain. But I don't care about my impression. I want to see where the stocks close. If they close higher, then, you know, that's actually great. Because the news last night out of Ontario, look, um, let me get you caught up real quick if this is new for you. But in the cannabis story, if you want to boil down the disaster of 2019 into one issue, it's that the biggest province in Canada only opened 24 stores. That caught everybody by surprise. So we have a bottleneck of stores, can't get product to the end customer, illegal market continues to, to, to run rampant. So last night, government of Ontario, and this has been you know, expected, a news announcement is going to come. And so they dropped it the week of MJ Biz. I'm not surprised about that, okay? They announced how they're going to roll out stores 
who they're going to roll it out to. Go to my Twitter feed at Brett Rosenthal, B-R-E-T Rosenthal, and read the stories. I'm not going to read them to you. You can, you can read them and figure out what's happening. I'm just going to interpret for you what the problems were for me. Okay, what, what not, not problems, but what concerns me. And so if these stocks go up anyway, that's very bullish to me. Because all the biggest problem right now for these companies, both the analysts covering them and, and these Canadian LPs, is they can't model what their growth is going to be this year because they, they don't know how many stores are going to open. So on the one hand, it's very bullish that Ontario announced their change. They're going to open somewhere around 20 stores starting, 20 stores a month starting in April. <clears throat> Depending on what store you read and how you read it, it could be give or take 20 and then ramp up after that. So I don't, I don't think it was just 20 a month for the rest of the year, April. You know, I think it's, 20 in April, could be 25, could be 30, who knows, okay? Could be 15 in April, I, I don't know. But they have solidified their new approach. It opens the market. Um, the Canadian LPs as a, as a group have said, this is very positive, this is great. Um, it's just what you know, Ontario needs to do. So on the one hand, it's very positive because there's been Massive uncertainty, and Ontario's trying to take that uncertainty off the table, and they're showing how they're going to progress forward. And you can start modeling out store growth as an analyst, and then you can start figuring out what revenue should be for each company. Okay? For me, the negative was, God, only 20 stores in April? What happened to January, February, and March? You know, so it, it's still s slower than I want. I mean... The outgoing CEO, just to put it in perspective for you, the outgoing CEO of Canopy Growth on the last conference call, when asked about Ontario, stated he thought there would be 100 stores opening a month starting January. Okay, so he's clearly wrong, but he's gone, right? So it's another reason why he's gone. They just keep getting it wrong. They have the slightest idea what's happening in Ontario. And he keeps over-promising. So some of the things I'm reading, it seems to be people are interpreting this from Ontario as under-promising so they can over-deliver. Let's hope that happens. But there could still be some expectations out there that, I mean, no matter how you slice it, guys, whatever growth we're hoping to have in 2020 is probably going to be second half of the year from a revenue standpoint for these companies. So... The question then is, will the stocks recover early and discount the future possible growth? Okay? That we don't know. So that breaks it down for you. It's very positive what Ontario is trying to do. <clears throat> it looks good, but it's still slower than some of us are going to want. And so now we just have to look at the market and see what the reaction to the news is. That's more important than the news, okay? The reaction to the news is more important. So I'd like to see a strong close to the week. If we get a strong close to the week, I would interpret that as the Ontario news is a good thing. The shorts are going to be covering. The tax loss selling is over and all these things. And so our entry point over the last couple of weeks is the right entry point. The reward is worth the risk. 
Okay. So that's it in a nutshell. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of the Armor Report. Thank you for being here. Please don't forget to, you know, give me a thumbs up if you uh, have enjoyed it. Let your friends know. That helps me out. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet to make sure you don't miss anything. All right? And you guys take a chance and look at thearmorreport.com. You might find some things in there that you would appreciate. All right, guys? Have a great weekend. I look forward to talking to you again on Monday. Take care.